Life Audio. Most of us are aware of what's sometimes called the prosperity gospel. And in an effort to really kind of shy away from that, sometimes I think we also shy away from the portions of scripture that talk about some of these kinds of concepts when it comes to the Christian life. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to look at Psalm 128, that introduces this concept of there is a blessing that comes from following God. The life that you have when you're following God is going to be better than the life you would have had had you chose not to. And I think there's a difference between understanding that and then fully endorsing this prosperity gospel. So we're going to talk about that today and more. I pray it blesses you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're continuing our devotional reading through the Psalms with Psalm 128. And this is one of the Psalms of Ascent. And if you haven't been listening, the Songs of Ascent, the Psalms of Ascent, were essentially the Psalms that the pilgrims would be singing or saying or rehearsing on their way to Jerusalem. They would be going there for some sort of religious festival. And either this is what they would say on the way, meaning ascending, going up the hill, because we know that Jerusalem was at the top of the hill, or what they would have said once they got there, once they got to the city. And so it gives us a picture and a little bit of understanding when we recognize what that means when we say a song of ascents. If you're just joining us and this is the Hearing Jesus podcast, you may be wondering why we're talking about the Psalms. Well, essentially the Psalms were the hymn book and prayer book of Jesus. And so as a foundational way to understand what was in Jesus's heart, what he was talking about when he referred to the Psalms, I thought it was really important for us ourselves to know what they said. And so we're going through one Psalm a day and we are getting a better understanding of the history and the culture around the Psalms. If you would like to take things just one step further, every Monday I send out the recap email that has journaling links to each of these episodes. And so the reason why I do that is because journaling is a really good way to get the information from your head into your heart. And so again, that's sent out for free every Monday. If you would like previous episode journaling prompts, you can go to shehears.org and go to the resources section and look for the guided Psalms journals. In those journals, you will get a link to the audio devotional, the journaling question, the key verse for the day, and then space to actually journal that out. So again, just extra resources to help point you back to Jesus. So I'm going to be reading today from the New American Standard Version. 
That is my preferred version when I'm doing Bible study, although you'll hear me use the NIV and lots of different versions on the podcast, but that's what I'm using today. And somebody did ask me about this the other day. There's actually two versions of the NASB. There is the 1995 version, and then there's a more recent version that came out just in the last couple years. And so I'm using the more recent version. If you have the 1995 version, it might be just a little bit different. So I'm going to be starting at verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, you will be happy and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for so shall a man who fears the Lord be blessed. The Lord bless you from Zion, and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. And so as we start to unpack this psalm, there's a couple insights that I think might be helpful for you as you go ahead and and you read this psalm. This is a psalm, just like the one we read yesterday, that is a wisdom poem. And so the nature of wisdom literature, especially in this psalm, is, is revealed through the sense of pronouncing a blessing on those who fear the Lord. And of course, Those that fear the Lord would be the righteous, the ones that follow after Yahweh. In our context, it would be Christians. That's who it would be talking to. And so this is a song that is talking about success and prosperity to the family of those who fear God. And now don't let that word prosperity make you turn the podcast off. I know that that can be scary for a lot of people, especially when this is taken too far. Um, But really what this psalm is, is it's a way that they are stating hope for the peace of Israel. And sometimes what happens is people will take some of the language of the Psalms the prosperity language of the Psalms, and they will take it and run with it as a theology. Now you have to remember, I say this all the time, but I want to say this reminder. You have to remember that while scripture was written for us, it was not originally written to us. It was written to a certain people group, an ancient people group at a certain time. And the goal of the scripture is not for us always to repeat or do exactly what the behavior of the, the, writer of the scripture said or did. I mean, think about this in terms of all the different um, ways that some of the people throughout scripture acted inappropriately. I mean, look at King Saul. He was trying to kill David. Clearly, we're not supposed to go trying to kill our adversaries. What the Bible does is it it helps us understand God's character and God's nature. It is not a story about us. It is not even a story about people. It's about the God Uh, that we serve Yahweh and how he interacts with his people. And you have to look at in terms of the entire meta narrative, meaning the entire storyline of scripture. And so sometimes the perspectives of people in that we read, especially in the Psalms is going to be different than the perspective that we have. But the key here is to understand what was, what would the original audience have heard? What were they going through? And remember when we see things in scripture, sometimes it's prescriptive, meaning this is how we're supposed to act. So if we're talking about a narrative section where Jesus is telling you how to act, yes, that is prescriptive. But sometimes it's descriptive, meaning it's describing something that we see about a certain people group or how we understand what they were learning or going and experiencing. And so, for example, think of some of the dark periods of Israel's history where they were sacrificing their children to the fire. It's clearly not prescriptive, meaning we're not going to sacrifice our children to the fire. What 
that storyline is there for is to help us see the the sin and the depravity that comes to humankind when they try to live apart from God. And so this is just another example where on one hand, we want to understand that there certainly is a biblical precept and understanding that when we live for God, it's going to be radically different and better than if we don't live for God. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to take this and start claiming uh, that we're going to be rich tomorrow because we're Christians. In, In fact, I think you would find that that would not be the case. But we do want to read this in terms of blessing and how the original readers would have heard it. And so verse one through four is really essentially a family blessing. So the psalmist is announcing to those that are holding this right attitude that they would act in the appropriate manner that will will gather blessing. And so the right attitude is, of course, the fear of the Lord. And so that's again, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, it's not that kind of fear, that emotion that makes you run away from God. Instead, it's this acknowledgement of God's central place and power, not just in our lives, but in the life of the world around us in his creation. And so in terms of what you might think, if somebody were talking about the success and prosperity gospel, that is often connected to, um, what would be the right word? Maybe like a sense of pride, pride in self in and pride in the material things and the and the the pride of the blessings that they've received but that's actually the opposite of what we would see from somebody that is fearing the lord somebody that fears the lord is going to be humble they're not going to be proud they're going to listen to god's laws and advice and so people that are fearing the lord are going to walk in obedience to him but that metaphor is kind of like walking down this path which that is a major analogy we see throughout the wisdom literature and throughout the beginning part of Proverbs, you see that where essentially there are two paths and all of us are going to be walking on one path or the other. And so those who are blessed are walking on this straight path that leads to life, not the crooked path that leads to death. I actually think we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll continue talking about this Psalm. Stay tuned. So when we're talking about this in terms of blessing, to be blessed is, let's think about what that means. To be blessed means we're going to enjoy the benefits that is bestowed on God's people. And in this case, they would have been referring to Adam and Eve and the blessing that was bestowed on them in the Garden of Eden, meaning um, this restored relationship with God and peace. And so that may also describe looking at the blessings of the covenant, which we learn about in Deuteronomy 27 and 28. But more importantly, a blessed person has this rich relationship with God, and it's not necessarily about the material blessing. But that being said, what often goes along with that is understanding that things like sufficient food or even good food or a a happy family, or the lack of chaos and strife in their lives. Those are all blessings that come directly from God. We talked about this a couple days ago about how the things that we have, the blessings that we have are because of not our hard work, but because of the blessing of God in our lives. And so when it's talking about family blessings, the description is really talking about things that they would have considered to be a a blessing in that culture. So that is things like fertility, when it talks about a fruitful vine, or if it talks about being productive, 
the olive shoots, the children like olive shoots, that would have meant that they were useful. And the vine produces grapes for wine that brings them enjoyment. And olives produce oil, which is an integral part of that society because Israel was an agricultural culture and, and that olive oil was used for everything from cooking to skincare to every aspect of their lives. And then what we saw happen in, in Eden was God's punishment on Adam included this curse on the ground so that it ended up producing thorns and thistles. And so the blessed man in Psalm 128 is, is going to eat the fruit of his labor and not experience thorns and thistles. And so what, what they're doing there is looking at the sin, the original sin, producing thorns and thistles, it's contrasting that with what a life of obedience to God is, which is enjoying the fruit of their labor. It doesn't mean that they don't have to labor. It doesn't mean that they didn't have to plant the garden and till the ground and water it and do all those things. There's still work involved, but they're eating the fruit of their labor. That's a lot different than somebody that is just, you know, following themselves or following the enemy and not following God's plan and God's purpose for their lives. And then we move on to verses five and six, where it talks about, may the Lord bless you. And so after seeing this blessing on those who fear the Lord, what the psalmist is now doing is requesting a blessing on everyone that is hearing him speak these words. And so God, in that culture, they were remembering that God blesses from Zion, which was the location of the temple. And remember, these are ascent psalms, so they're near the temple when they're when they're speaking about this. They're either on their way or they're already there. And so the blessing includes the prosperity of Jerusalem and talking about its peace and security as well as plenty of food. So in addition to that, this blessing brings a long life, meaning the blessed one that would be living for God would live to see his grandchildren come into the world. What this psalm does is it calls for us as the reader or even the original listeners to come to this place as a standing point of fearing the Lord and pursuing a life of wisdom because a right relationship with God comes what comes with that and what comes with my interpretation of that as a believer is this obedience to God. And when we are obedient to God and we're obedient to his law, there's going to be a difference when we live our lives that way versus if we were not. That kind of life is blessed it is prosperous. That doesn't necessarily mean it's financially prosperous. It doesn't necessarily mean that every single door to be famous or build your platform or give you the ideal career you want or any of those things. It's not about physical prosperity. It's not about physical blessings. It might be about things like, like it says, living a long life or having a, a healthy family or enjoying the peace that comes from having good relationships with other believers. And so we have to recognize that wisdom does not promise or guarantee physical blessing. But what it does guarantee is that following God's way often leads to this better life. It's far from perfect. It's not like we're going to have everything handed to us. You still have to work for things. You still have to, you know, have a job and all of those biblical principles. But it helps point us towards this idea of what a perfect life will eventually be. And according to the New Testament, 
that's when we wait for Christ's return. And so I, I wanted to kind of just unpack that a little bit because I think this principle of prosperity has been taken too far. I mean, I've been in other countries where this has been preached and taught as if all you need to do is follow God and you're going to have all the riches and all the wealth and no sickness and no death in your family. And in many parts of the world, that is a hope that they're holding on to instead of the relationship. And so we have to back it up and recognize that the prosperity part is not financial blessing, is not, you know, material blessing. It is the blessing of the relationship with God. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read starting at verse one. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, you will be happy and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for so shall a man who fears the Lord be blessed. The Lord bless you from Zion and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Father God, thank you you so much for my friends that have a heart to know you, to fear you, Lord God. Help us to recognize that there's so much wisdom as we walk in your ways. God, we thank you for the blessing of obedience and the way that you intervene and act in, on our behalf in our lives and how much better our lives are with you, with the blessing of God in our lives than how they would be if we didn't have you. God, I thank you for who you are and the way that you continuously reveal yourself to us through the pages of the scriptures. I pray for a blessing over my friend today. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.